welcome to episode 71 of the Training with Tucker podcast. Today, I am delighted to be joined by Michael Wardian, who is a professional marathoner and ultramarathoner who has, in my opinion, done pretty much everything. He has been a national champion several years in the 50K distance. He has qualified for the Olympic marathon trials uh, three times. He has done seven marathons in seven continents in seven days. He has run across the United States. He has run pretty much every single race you could think of um, in the ultra world from UTMB to Comrades to uh, Hard Rock to Western States. He has done it all. He is an incredibly interesting person and I wanted to bring him on today as he has come into this sport from a lacrosse background. He was a lacrosse player in college and he has a very diverse interest in different sports and he is a big pickleball player. He plays chess. He does a lot of things that are not related to running. And so I thought it'd be interesting to bring him on to talk about the value of doing a lot of different things to support your running, not only in a physical way, but as he talks about in this episode, in a mental capacity as well, where he keeps things fresh. He's never getting bored of running because he's doing a lot of different things. And He's, he races on the roads, he races on the trails, he does short stuff, 5Ks, mile, 10Ks, half marathons. Um, he does trail races, multi-day trail races like the Barkley Marathons and, and stuff like that. So he he's always changing things up and focusing on different things and that allows him to keep things fresh and keep, keep things interesting, which I think is something that we can all learn from. So... Uh, in this episode, Mike does a great job of talking more about himself here, so I'm going to get out of the way and let him introduce himself a little bit more, but I uh, hope you enjoy this one. It was really a treat to talk with somebody who I have admired and looked up to for a long time. He was an ultra runner before ultra running was cool, and uh, at the young age of 49, he is still absolutely crushing it uh, across all distances. I mean, he's still running super fast. 5Ks, and he's out there running races like the Hard Rock 100, which is this weekend, um, which features a crap ton of of, of climbing up to 14,000 feet um, in, in the mountains of Colorado. So he does it all. He's uh, an interesting guy, and he's a father. He's a husband. He, he does a lot of different things, and he's somebody that, like I said, I really admire, and it was a pleasure to get to talk to him today. And I hope you enjoy this one because I sure did. So without further ado, here's my chat with Michael Wardian. All right, Mike, thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, man, thanks very much for having me. It's always uh, fun to talk to people. Yeah, very good. So um, you are in in my home state here of Colorado getting ready for for the Hard Rock 100, which we will get into uh shortly here but before we go there for anybody that might not be familiar with who you are and your background as an athlete why don't you just introduce yourself a little bit here and talk about kind of where you're from and and what you're all about yeah sure um so my name is michael wardian i'm a 49 year old uh, professional marathon and ultra marathon runner from arlington virginia uh so sea level so coming up to uh 
Silverton at 9,300 feet has been uh, an adjustment, but it's nice because I got here a little bit early. Um, so I've run um, on all seven continents, won marathons on all seven continents, um, run races like Hard Rock, UTMB, Western States, Diagonal de Fou, um, Marathon de Saab, I don't know, Barkley marathons. So I've got a, a pretty um, robust uh, wealth of knowledge to draw on, but um, heading into the weekend with Hard Rock, it, you know, it doesn't really matter what you've done in the past. It only matters what you're able to do on the day. So looking forward to being out there. Uh, as far as like my running background, I wasn't a runner growing up. I played uh, lacrosse. Um, so played that at a fairly high level, played division one for Michigan State University, uh, stopped playing lacrosse, picked up running to stay fit and got hooked. And I've been an endurance athlete ever since, um, since I started and just progressed from being like a rec runner to doing my first marathon to trying to qualify for Boston to now, you know, running all over the world. Awesome, man. Yeah. And that's really, you know, what I wanted to to bring you on to talk about was not just the running stuff, because I think, you know, anybody can go and listen to the the many other podcasts you've done and follow you on social media and, um, you know, hear your story, look you up on ultra sign up and see just the incredible amount of things that you've done. Like I would say you've pretty much done everything. Maybe we'll, we'll get into that <laughs> later and, and hear if there's anything you haven't done that you want to do. But, um, I mean, you've really done everything, but what I think is really fascinating about athletes like yourself is that you were not a runner growing up and unlike running with the Kenyans, the born to run kind of, uh, the idea that a lot of these elite athletes out there grew up running and have this vast experience of lifetime running mileage. And that's why they're so, so good for athletes like yourself and Dylan Bowman, who's also going to be out there at Hard Rock this weekend coming from a lacrosse background or other sports, there's plenty of athletes that get into this from, uh, you know, baseball, hockey, soccer, whatever. It's really fascinating. So I want to talk with you more about that. Um, what is your kind of take on just being a well-rounded athlete and coming into this from, from a, a different place where you were a collegiate division one athlete, as you mentioned, and you weren't a runner and now you like, what, what do you think has helped you make that transition to being such a successful endurance athlete? Uh, I, well, I think you learn how to train, right? So I think, um, if you compete in any sport, like you learn how to work within the team, you learn how to push yourself. Um, you learn how to pick yourself up. Uh, you learn how to be consistent. And I think that's really the biggest thing is like, you, you know what it takes to succeed. Um, and then you just apply that to whatever you're doing. So like you were saying, like I, um, didn't run growing up, but I use those principles that I learned playing lacrosse and, and being a student to apply that to, um, my running progression and, and it's little things like, you know, but when in lacrosse, we would set goals before the season, like, you know, how many games did we want to win? How many assists did you want to have? How many, you know, ground balls and all those type of things. And and I do the same thing with running. It's like I set goals for the year and uh, do the same thing with pickleball. I do the same thing with chess. I do the same thing with uh, life in general. Like, as if, you know, if you want to retire, like you have to hit certain goals if you want to be able to do that. And so I think it's that ability to, to know what you need to do, set goals, and then um, put the framework in place to try to achieve them. And I think what's so great about running in particular is that 
it's one of those sports where the more you put into it, um, if you can stay healthy and consistent, the better you get. Uh, and eventually you reach plateaus, but like, that's just part of any kind of training pattern is like you, you, you have to allow your body to catch up to what you're doing and then, um, kind of ride that fine edge between injury and overuse. And, um, and that's just comes with experience. Like you, you keep pushing until you find that edge and then, um, you decide if you want, you want to go any further or, and back off or, uh, your body will do that for you most of the time. So I think what I've been able to apply from growing up as an athlete is that, and the, the other great thing about running too, is like, you don't have to come from a running background. Like it's something like everyone knows how to do, like, even if you don't do it the way that they say that you should do it. Like I've seen people that whoop my butt that don't look like they should be faster than me. And it doesn't matter. Like if, if you have the will to be out there and you're willing to do the training, like you're going to get better. And so that's, that's what I like about it. And it's also coming from a team sport. I loved being on a team and I love competing as a team, but I also love the, um, aspect of running that, um, you know, I have a big team behind me. I'm lucky to have sponsors and, um, the support of my family and work and everything. But, uh, at the end of the day, you're out there by yourself and the time's the time. And, um, you know, you've either done the work or you haven't. And I think it's very black and white to see, you know, if you've been able to accomplish it and the longer the races get, like, it's not just about being physically fit, but you have to be mentally fit and you have to be able to problem solve and you have to be able to keep moving forward when everything in your body's saying like, Hey, I don't want to do this anymore, or this isn't fun. Um, and so that's what I, I love about running and I love about training and what I've learned over the years. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that insight. Um, one of the things that I, that I really think is, is super cool about your career and, and still to this day, you, you have a wide, wide range. You know, you're, you're out there doing everything from like short five K's at really fast paces. You know, you do a lot of road stuff and then all the way up to super long ultra marathons, uh, which is kind of rare. I mean, there's some athletes in the ultra endurance space that, do go down and touch some of the shorter distances, but not many. And, uh, so, you know, what, what do you think, uh, you know, what interests you in, in continuing to diversify where you, you focus your time and energy on, on training and racing? Yeah, I think for me, I've always toggled between road and trail and short and long. And I think for me, it keeps the training fresh and, um, keeps me excited. And I think it's, if if you're always doing the same thing, um, I, that doesn't excite me. Like I, I know some people that, and I mean, I guess being in Silverton and just being around mountains all the time, like maybe I would just only want to do that. Um, but based on where I am in the DC and Rehoboth beach area and like that, it's harder to get access to the mountains. So like, uh, I, I kind of take what I can and be, I want to be part of the community wherever I am. And so, uh, at the beach, like it's a lot of shorter races just cause it's hot and flat. And, um, and I feel like that training is, is really good. Like I came, uh, here on last Friday. So I've been here about four or five days and I feel like the fitness I built, like doing five K's and 10 K's on the roads. And, um, uh, even like the comrades marathon, a couple, I guess it's been about a month now, uh, on the roads is, really led me into a good spot for hard rock. Cause I had two mountain races this past weekend and at altitude and I felt fine. So like, that was, that was really, 
um, something that made me feel like, oh, the diversity of training is, you know, up been working and, and something that I've always done throughout my career. Like I always like to keep it fresh and exciting. And I like competing against like, you know, 15, 16 year olds in the five K's that are just, you know, coming off their cross country or track season. And then, uh, you know, racing against people that spend all their time running up and down mountains. And, um, yeah, it, for me, that's, that's what I like to do is, is like, see how you do based on where you are and, um, and like build the skill sets to be able to do well at both. Right. You mentioned pickleball. Um, this is a sport that's just blown up in the last, I don't know, decade here. I remember hearing about it from, from my uncle, maybe 10 years ago, and I had no idea what, what this sport was. And now I feel like everybody is playing it. Um, what's your, what's your take on, on why this sport has grown so much and you seem to seem to be really big into it. So, you know, what interests you in in pickleball? Oh, I think, well, I think it's just an awesome sport. It's like super uh, community based. Like uh, most of the people played you most of the time you're playing doubles. So you have to work with a partner. Um, it's fast paced. So it's like a cross between like tennis, ping pong, squash. Uh, and then it's like pretty strategic. And it's one of those games. that's like super easy to learn, but hard to master kind of like checkers or chess or something. It's like, oh, there's only a few moves, but then the more you get into it, you see like, oh, you can do cut shots. You can hit slices. You can hit top spin. You can, you know, hit it at the person. Like, um, it's, it's got a very, um, distinct, uh, sound to it also. So there's like a flavor. Um, and then it's, it's, yeah, it's just one of those things. Like it's, um, super fun quick. So you're not, it's not like you're committed to like a four hour thing. If you want to play, it's, um, pretty, uh, low intensity, unless you're playing against people that are like the same caliber or better. And so like, um, and it's one of the sports kind of like running where it's like very equal, like a 15 year old can play against a 30 year old who can play against a, you know, 90 year old. And so that's what I think is really appealing about it is like, you can go out on the court and you're like, Oh man, these little old ladies or little old dudes, like we're going to smoke them. And then they take you to the cleaners because they know how to hit the ball. And, um, and there's a lot of different ways to win. You can win with power. You can win with strategic hits. Uh, you can win with like good talk between the partners. Uh, you can win just by making lucky shots. Like, I mean, I think there's, there's something to all those things that makes it, um, Yeah makes it makes it super fun and i i see why it's taking off and i feel lucky to have like gotten on board uh a couple years ago and now i have some decent skill um but yeah there's there's a lot of room for improvement still yeah my dad is huge into pickleball he plays like every day which is awesome and he's like almost 70 years old and you know it i feel like it's it's such a great sport for for the masses like you said because it's, it's interesting for younger folks, but it's also, it's, it's a sport that as you get older, you can continue to play. You don't need to be racing around a tennis court. Uh, you don't need to be running around a soccer pitch. Like it's a fairly small court, so you don't need to move a whole lot and it does reward wisdom over maybe athleticism. And I, I can admit that, uh, one of the first times I played got my butt kicked by a couple of older ladies that I, (laughs) I took for granted. I was like, oh man, this is going to be easy. I don't want to, I don't want to beat up on them. And they kicked the crap out of me. So yes. it is a super cool sport. Um, what are you ranked? If you don't mind me asking. 
Uh, so the scale is similar to tennis. So it's like, it goes pretty much, I think two, five is basically like, you know, what your way around the court all the way to like five, five or six. I'm four ish. So between like three, eight and four, three, depending on, it's also funny, depending on where you play, like you probably have figured this out. Like if you're playing in like a more competitive area, like you might be a higher rating. And if you're playing where the people are, maybe not as strong, like you're, 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 you know, you're just, yeah, you're, yeah, you're, you're a little bit better, but uh, it just depends where you're playing and who you're playing with. Yeah. But I feel pretty lucky that I'm in uh, some good groups and, and that's what you, you learn is like, there's all different subsets. Like there's, you know, the people that like to bang it and there's the people that are really touchy and there's the people that are good strategically. And so that's what I also like about it is like, you have to really, cater your play to who you're playing against and like you quickly figure out like, you know, where you can go and what you can do and what you can't do. And, uh, it's a lot of probing and, um, yeah, it's, and you have to like, even though you think you want to make the shot, like you still have to be able to execute. So like, uh, that's what I like about it too. It's similar to running in that, like you might have a game plan and then the weather changes and you got to change your strategy and it's the same with pickleball or chess or, um, yeah, any any sport that I find interesting, pretty much. Yeah, what are the the benefits you see in in having these diverse interests and different things outside of running that you continue to do to this day? Do you are there things that you take from those other interests into your your kind of main sport as a professional runner? Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, I think for pickleball, like it's fantastic in that it allows you to move like instead of just straight forward, like you're moving forwards, backwards, right, left. So you're, you're kind of using all kinds of dynamic motion. So you're hitting high shots where you're stretching, you're, you're bending down low to get low balls. Um, so you're using your, your body in a different way than you would if you're just running straight forward. Um, so more, and I think it really helps for trail running just because in trail running, it's not as just um, time-based and uh, you know, less, um, especially technical trail running. So like when you're having to hop logs or jump, um, rocks or whatever, and cross streams. Uh, and then as far as, um, the ability to relate that to running, I feel like it applies all the time because like, it's, it's keeping me fresh, like in doing diverse sports. Like if I just ran every day and I didn't do strength training or, um, didn't do pickleball or didn't do like a, yesterday I learned how to fly fish, like, which I just thought was awesome. Cause it taught me like super patience and like being able to like slow down and really look at what you're doing and focus on certain areas and then just find motor skills of like, just being able to like get the fly where you want it and like, let it drift and drag and, um, mending the line and all this stuff I didn't even know existed. So like, I think that just keeps my mentally like fresh and excited about things. And like knowing that that running fitness allowed me to just go out and be in the woods for six hours. And like, I didn't even need water or like food. And I was just like, I'm completely fine. Like, uh, you know, this is because I had the fitness to be able to be there. And so like, I want to be able to use that fitness for whatever I want to do. Yeah. You mentioned, uh, strength training there and that's something that, that you post a fair amount about on your, your social media pages. Um, what role does, does strength training play in, in your training? And, and has that been something that you have adapted as you have, you know, grown in the sport? 
Yeah, it's 100% something like at the first probably like, I don't know, 10 years or 15 years of running, I didn't do much strength training at all, maybe some push ups and, and pull ups. And, and now I uh, strength train six or seven days a week, like pretty much I'm doing something every day, uh, as far as strength goes. Um, so yeah, I feel like it's completely uh, changed how I've been able to approach, especially longer races, just being a lot stronger, able to hold form and just, uh, feel comfortable, uh, with weight, especially if you're carrying a pack or something. Um, and then also just to be like in the right mindset. Like, I feel like strength training makes you work on things that you aren't particularly good at. Um, or at least it does for me, like being able to step on one leg and, you know, do some type of movement or do like two or three movements all at the same time. Like, I feel like it's really helped my coordination, uh, core it's helped avoid injury. Like I, so I feel like it's one of those things that has helped me be able to be consistent with my running is the strength training is really added, especially, uh, as I've gotten older and as I've gotten deeper and deeper into the sport, um, it's allowed me to be able to be out there. And I think, you know, being available is almost as important as being, you know, good at what you do. So you mentioned the cross earlier. Um, I want to ask you about a, a recent thing that you did, which was setting a world record in the, I believe half marathon in a <laughs> I did, full, yeah. full lacrosse, uh, kit. What inspired you to do that? And how was it running in, in all the gear? Uh, well, I was inspired because I hadn't played in about 27 years. So I picked it up for the first time I played on a men's league team this spring, which was another hobby that I just picked up. Um, so, yeah, so that was awesome. And a uh, shout out to the Hoppy Monks uh, for uh, letting me be on their team. And we ended up winning the uh, the championship game this, later that night after I set the world record. So I wanted to like psych the team up and I wanted to um, uh, be out there and, and do something unique. Um, so I've set a bunch of world records over the years and I just thought, oh, this would be a fun one to do now that I got back into lacrosse. So I did it kind of in my old like, bucket helmet which is like outdated by like 20 years um yeah shoulder pads arm pads gloves and what i thought added like a little bit of flavor to the record is i actually cradled the entire time so instead of just like running with like no ball and the stick i actually cradled uh for yeah 13.1 miles uh and then i dropped off my stuff and and did another five miles to make like uh this double uh event that they had so um, so it was cool to like set the record and then go chase down some guys that were ahead of me, um, that, you know, didn't run with a stick or ball or whatever. Um, and then later that day, uh, I actually played bocce ball also. So we had our bocce ball championship when we lost, ended up third overall in like the city championships. And then later that night went and won the, um, the lacrosse championships for the over 40. So like, you know, it's the old guys league, but it was super fun. What a day, man. That that is a yeah, whole lot of a, movement. Yeah, it was like a 3 3 a.m. wake up day, you know, run a marathon or a half marathon, drive a couple hours, do a couple other events. Um, but yeah, it was fun. I got to run the clock out. Uh so we <laughs> nice. were ahead like six to four or something. So the last two and a half minutes, I got to just run around with the ball and, and kill the clock. 
sounds like you're, you're probably very warmed up for that with your, your <laughs> half marathon world record. No better yeah. man for the job. <laughs> yeah. Although my arms were a little bit uh, shaky from all the cradling uh, earlier, you know, like. So were you cradling but, with two hands on the stick while you were running the half or one hand? Uh, two, two and one. So I do. You alternate. Yeah. Yeah. Alternating. And I actually figured it out that I liked cradling left-handed one-handed way more than any other which I was surprised about because I'm dominantly right-handed. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I was surprised that the left-handed cradle was the easiest. Interesting. Yeah. Super or cool. most comfortable, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But well, I, when... what I didn't take into account was it was really hard to get water through the face mask. Oh yeah. So I should have had some bottles with like straws or something. Cause I basically just didn't have any water for the whole half marathon. Cause it didn't, I couldn't get it through the cage. <laughs> Yeah. Well, for for the next uh the next world record, maybe you'll do, I don't know, hockey gear or something and you can plan that out a little better. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'd like to do the full marathon in the lacrosse kit. I think okay. that would be fun. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. well, when you're out there at, at Hard Rock this weekend, you know, you can be thinking about your your long day of <laughs> running almost 20 miles and playing bocce and playing lacrosse all in one day. And that yeah. that's some some good ultra training right there. Yeah, it's a good time on your feet. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of which, how are you feeling for Hard Rock? Any goals? Uh, you've been there before, but uh, you know, what are your thoughts on on taking on this this big loop in the mountains? Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely have the the biggest goal is just to get around. Um, so I think my best finish was tenth overall. Um, I don't know if I have that kind of fitness right now, but I feel pretty comfortable. Um, so I think it really depends on how I feel. Uh, when I get above 11 or 12,000 feet, the last time I did it in 2021, I really suffered over 11,000 feet. Um, I've been over 13 or 14,000 feet. Um, actually about 13.5 is where I've gotten to this week, just getting ready. And I felt pretty good. So hopefully that means I'll feel a little bit better during the run. Um, but coming off, uh, last year I ran across the country. And so it's been kind of a long recovery from that. Um, so I'm, I'm curious, like if, how my body's gonna, um, respond, it's been about a year, which seems like a long time, but, um, but it, yeah, it's been a long recovery. And so like, it's been cool to be able to do some interesting stuff, but, um, I haven't done a, I haven't done a hundred since, since running across the country. So I'm really curious as to, you know, how I'll feel and how it'll go. Yeah, definitely. Well, good luck out there this weekend. I mean, you've, you've pretty much done everything in the sport. So, you know, you have a lot of, a lot of experience there to draw on. Um, your, your run across the country was super inspiring and I, I was following along the the whole way. Um, you want to talk a little about that? Your, your running home project. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. So I, um, last year I ran 3,124 miles along route 50, um, which is, a uh, highway that crosses uh, west to east or east to west, um, starting in Sacramento and it ends in Ocean City. I started actually in San Francisco City Hall and ran to Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, um, but primarily on Route 50. So I connected San Francisco to Sacramento and then from Sacramento basically stayed on Route 50 um, all the way through to Baltimore uh, and then went up and around because you can't actually cross uh, Route 50 on the Bay Bridge. So uh, the coolest part about that was I did it to raise money for World Vision, uh, which is the largest non-governmental provider of clean water in the world. 
And so we helped build a well, um, which I got to go visit about three weeks ago. So that was pretty awesome to see how um, the impact that one person can have, or actually it was me was the catalyst, but it was actually like over a thousand different people and companies helped build this well, the change like 4,500 people's lives in Southern Ethiopia. And so I got to go see it in action this year, which was absolutely um, breathtaking and just shockingly cool to see, um, to see it come together and, and to see it helping so many people. Um, and then as far as the run went, it was, it was pretty cool. I did it in about 61 days, averaging 52 miles a day. Um, and I called it running home because, uh, we live right on route 50 in Arlington, Virginia. So I basically ran uh, on the road that's right outside my house about 400 meters from my front door is this road that crosses the country. So, um, yeah, for me, that was really a, a good motivation and, um, a way to keep me focused every day um to to line up and and do a 50 50 plus miler pretty much super cool and and uh yeah i mean just super inspiring and really awesome that you were able to raise that much money and and then get to actually see it come to yeah. fruition uh, i feel like a lot of you know you throw money at at causes and you don't maybe don't always know where that money's going and it's something you're passionate about, but you don't know if it's going to turn into something real. And so for you to be able to do that and then a year later, see it in person and see it helping people, that's, that's really awesome. Yeah, it was cool. And I think the other thing that I really would like to say about the run across the country is that I just appreciate how many people came out. Like I really wanted it to feel like this Forrest Gumpy type um, experience. And it definitely did. Like I had, you know, some days one people or one person, uh, some days 60 or 70, 80 people coming out. So like, um, that to me was one of the coolest things is like you said, you followed it, but like, there were just millions of eyeballs on what we were doing and, and lots of people like taking time off work or, um, you know, coming out, driving hundreds of miles. I think, uh, my friend, she drove 12 and a half hours to give me like a pumpkin pie from Texas to Missouri. So like, um, you know, just these incredible feats of like yeah. humanity, uh, and seeing that first person and, and getting a feel for that was, was incredibly cool. Um, and then also to get a chance to see what a beautiful country we have. Like I really enjoyed getting a chance to see a lot more of America than I've seen before. Definitely. Well, you have, uh, you have done so many things and I could probably pick your brain for hours here, but uh, I've taken up a fair amount of your time. So I'll end with, with one last question that I teased earlier. Uh, you've done a lot. What, what haven't you done? What out there is calling to you that, you know, you still think is, is a box you want to check off the, the bucket list. I, I've actually got a bunch. So, um, yeah, there's, uh, the biggest one probably is, um, the Appalachian trail. So I want to run that in 2024. Um, trying to decide if I go like early in the year or later in the year. Uh, I just got into my first bike packing race in New Zealand at the end of January. So, uh, that's going to be across the entire South Island of New Zealand. Um, and I don't know anything about bike packing other than like, it looks really awesome and hard and like a good challenge. Um, so I'm excited to to do that with my friend Hoogie, who's a, a Kiwi and, uh, you know, basically said, Hey, you want to do this thing? 
the application's due tomorrow. And I was like, uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so yeah, I feel really fortunate to have the chance to do that. And then uh, the last, well, there's a lot of different things, but the last like super huge thing that I'm looking at is rowing across the Atlantic ocean. So that's um, probably in a, a couple of years is that's something that uh, has been really calling to me after running across the uh, United States was like, oh, I thought it'd be so cool to like, you know, run, row home basically from Europe. And so that's basically what I've been researching and exploring. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the great thing is that there are so many options. And so for someone like yourself who has, in my mind, done everything, in your mind, you're like, nope, I've got all these things that I still want to do and 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 super cool things to to chase down. And I mean, the AT is such a, a cool objective. And are you looking to maybe FKT it or just do it from more of a enjoyment standpoint? Uh, I mean, I think I want to go fast I, next year. I'll be 50. And so I thought it'd be cool to try to do it in 50 days, um, since I'll be 50 years old. Um, so that's kind of what my game plan is now. Um, but I also want to try to do it in my head. I want to do it self-supported where I like don't have crew, but maybe just have trail magic and, um, send boxes ahead, uh, and just kind of yeah, live off of the convenience stores and aid stations and, um, you know, stuff that I can get to. Um, so that's kind of what I'm trying to explore is like, do I do it, um, maybe a little bit slower, but do it in a, in a self-supported manner or semi-supported manner. Um, because I do want people to be able to come out. And so if I do it that way, I don't know if that would be considered supported since people are coming and like being a part of it. Um, so maybe I just do it like, semi-supported i mean i don't think i i don't think i want to go for the overall record i just want to go as fast as i possibly can um and and just have like a really you know special experience awesome man well thank you so much for joining me today is there anything else that you wanted to say before i let you go no, I, I just want to say, actually, it's my son Pierce's birthday. So happy birthday, Pierce. If you ever hear this podcast, uh, you'll know I was thinking about you. And um, yeah, I can't believe he's 17 and feel super lucky that uh, we have such good kids. And um, sorry, I can't be there. Got it. Well, happy birthday, Pierce. Happy 17th. And uh, thanks again, Mike. I really appreciate you joining. And good luck this weekend. Have fun out there at Hard Rock. Hopefully you get some good weather and... Have a great time out there and uh, I'll make sure to link to your social media pages and your website and all that in the show notes. Um, And if there's anything else that you want me to include, feel free to uh, send it my way. But thanks again for joining me. All right, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, bud. All right, there it is. Man, what a cool guy. That was an incredible experience just getting to share the airwaves with uh, someone who I really admire and look up to. So such a cool experience getting to have him on the show here. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I will be back next week with a recap episode of my experiences at the Silver Rush 50 miler this past weekend. Until then, be well, and I will talk to you next week with episode 72.